Welcome, Fivers, to another episode of High Five, the podcast, a movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. On this week's episode, your hosts Q and Jay dive into some of their favorite movies and hopefully talk about some of your favorites, too. Feel free to yell at your speakers when we ignore your favorites, or you could just tweet at us with your choices, like an adult. Now, let's join Q and Jay in the writer's room as they dive in. Fair warning, this podcast may contain spoilers for movies that came out 20 years ago, but at this point, that's really your fault. And now, on with the show. September of 2018, two podcasters embarked on a journey to find out the truth behind two podcasters writing podcasts about true crime documentaries. But but that was all it was about. It's not like there was an actual crime. It's more like they're just two podcasters that talk about movies or documentaries that are about crimes. The following is a true conversation that actually happened about true crime documentaries. Because it's like an actual recording of the podcast of the two guys who were talking about true, true crime documentaries. Exactly, but it's like actually J and Q. True crime documentaries. Bum bum! High five. High five. High five. High five. High five. High five. High five, son. Woo! High five. Don't let me hang it. So we're talking true crime, and American Animals is a great fucking movie. Am I right? It's so great. Am I right? <laughs> wow, you just went like straight for the jugular. <laughs> I know. Like usually we're like, how are we gonna lead this in? We should make it like fun and engaging, like not really get to the the topic of discussion like super fast. And then you're like, all right, welcome back, American Animals is what we're gonna be talking about. No, I didn't even say that. I was just like, American Animals is a great fucking movie, right? Great. You know what? American Animals is a great fucking. movie. I feel like it needed that level of enthusiasm, right? Because uh, very rarely is there a crime documentary. Of which I am like, holy shit, that's a great fucking movie, am I right? <laughs> Most of the true crime documentaries, especially the ones we're going to talk about today, always like leave me super sad. Right. And then I'm like, oh, I don't ever want to experience that again, but I'm glad I know about this. But I w- I'm like, I will watch this movie again. I will invite others to watch it. It's yeah. really well done. So first off, hey, Jay. Hey, Q. Uh, today we're investigating true crime documentaries. And everyone, welcome back again. Thank you for joining us in the writer's room for High Five colon the podcast. We may look like we're in jumpsuits. But we're not. But we're not. We did that for dramatic reenactment effect. We are true crime documentaries. Little known fact, we went to jail for making this very episode. We and did. now we're going to tell you the story about how we ended up there. Right. Um, and just so you know, uh, Jay... Will be played by Evan Peters, mm-hmm. and Q will also be played by Evan Peters. Uh, he's pretty good acting, like Jason Marsden. 
It's it's perfect. You know what? So it's, it's like a it's Russian a, nesting doll of Q. It's a it's a nuanced performance, but you know I I think he really pulls it off. He really does. I really Evan do. Peters is a talented guy. You know what? After I never thought otherwise, but after American Animals, I am so on board with Evan Peters and what he's doing. Can I say something weird about American Animals? Please. Not not weird, but like just weird. Uh I like that was very specific, <laughs> and I liked how liked how specific you were. I um, I like how you just did what I just did. Yeah. You said you're very specific, and I liked how specific it was. <laughs> um, all of the people. Okay, so for those who don't know how American Animals works, it is a documentary film that is mixed with dramatic reenacted scenes but that are not like you would think a dramatic reenactment is this is a full-fledged movie movie that is happening that happens to be telling a true story but that also (laughs) has interviews with the real people during the movie that are that the story's about but sometimes they pop in to the actual movie, movie which i thought was cool here's here's the way i described it to a last night I think American Animals and kind of The Imposters, the other movie sure. that that guy did. Do you remember his name, that director's name? No, but I will. Uh, Go ahead. Trace. Check this out. Maybe. It's like cinema trickery. Yeah. I'm going to so know I'm his gonna, answer. I'm going to talk while you think about that answer and don't use any sort of search engine. Perfect. Um, one of the things that I described about this movie, and I think one of the reasons that it appealed to me so much, was that it's like the very best version of of a rescue 911 or a dangerous affairs type true crime murder show on television. Sure. So like when you watch I was going to go unsolved mysteries. Unsolved mysteries is a good example. There's dozens of them. But those true- Bart Layton. Bart Layton. Okay. I just now thought of that without using any sort of internet. I'm so glad that that you just thought of that off the top of your head. Um but yes, I think it's the best version of one of those types of shows that exists. Yes. Like the murder porn type of shows that are online. It's. I have to segue back because you totally lost my line of thinking. Because oh. I was basically going to. I said I was going to say something weird about it, mm. and then we segued into just how it's made. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah, so something to weird take about it back it. real quick, I just want to say: Am I the only one who thought while watching this movie that I would watch a movie of the actual people? Oh, they're man. all incredibly interesting especially that main guy who evan peters plays. they all are Sean, I think. I, i'm not gonna you know for whatever they're all incredibly good looking yeah like they're all like very like they could all be actors oh, yeah. you know what i mean like i actually had to take a minute and go are these because re-? you know nor most of the time you see like actors playing and then you see the yeah. real people and you're like oh, okay they're like <laughs> oh, schlubbier versions yeah. of what this is and you're like no these are all like incredibly attractive very well spoken <laughs> clever and they all seem like naturals on camera yeah. you know what well, i mean especially that sean guy the main character i think a lot of this movie american animals and the story behind it revolves around his personality and his drive but when i saw him i was like you're one better looking than evan peters two you sort of remind me of Matthew McConaughey from True Detective sure. season one. And three, are you sure you're not Kato Kalin? Like, are you sure you're a not just bit. a sexy actor? But see, that's that's the weird part. And I actually have to say to no credit for the filmmaker, but that actually helped keep me in the oh, yeah. movie from, from not pulling me out every time they did a talking head interview with one of them and going, Oh yeah, we're watching a documentary. Yeah. The entire movie felt 
like a movie. Oh, like, yeah. I still don't feel like I watched a documentary, right. if that makes sense. It was like, almost I, like a movie with real-life commentary throughout. Exactly. But yeah. done so cinematically and interwoven so perfectly, and that it, that is to the credit of the right. director. Um, now, for, let's take a quick step back, because sure. the reason that we're focusing so heavily on American animals on this true crime documentary is Old episode, man costumes? Old man costumes aside, um, is a couple weeks ago when we recorded... Actually, about a month or two ago when we recorded, Corey was on our show talking about the best movies. Oh, yeah, The Child God King. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. Um, The Bastard Child God King. Um, We were talking about the best movies of 2018, and he said that was his favorite of the year. And we were like, what? And we both were like, wow, that's a big claim, especially with some of the movies that have been out that he talked about seeing. And then a couple weeks ago, you saw it, and you echoed it. And you're like, I'll take it back. Corey was totally right. Maybe my favorite movie of the I year. I don't know why this movie yeah. hasn't gotten more acclaim. Like, I don't know why I'm still not <laughs> hearing enough about this. And then, so you made me promise that I'd watch it. And I watched it a couple nights ago. And I am now also in the camp of, why is no one talking about this movie? What's weird is I'm looking at it right now, too. This movie only has an 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. Which, pretty high, but I would give it higher percentage and a 66% on metacritic i can't i can't imagine anything lower than an 80 for this and that's why i'm like i don't did we did i hop on board the hype train and not realize but there it? wasn't a hype train the only hype train we had was cory <laughs> and did we i just, just buy his fucking shtick hook I, line and sinker i don't think so because i also watched this movie it's like it's real good really good and so that's why we wanted to spend some time and sort of review it for everyone. Beg you guys that are listening to watch this movie sure. and let us know what you think about it. But it also plays into true crime documentaries because while it is a movie, it's a film movie. I love how it starts. It's <laughs> a movie not, film. Yeah. It's like starts with a, you know, this is not based on a true story. And then it pulls the not based on. It's like, this is a true story. Right. But... Some of the things, and we can talk about the mechanics of it that I like that they played with. Sure, were the perceptions of true in a true story. Oh, sure, that was some of my favorite stuff that they did. And honestly, the only knock that I would give the movie is I don't think it went far enough into that realm of I want to play with this structure. And I'll tell you what I mean. You remember in the movie where you know they're at the gas station. He's like, Oh yeah, I told him about it in the car or, Oh, I know I told him about this at, at, you know, Richard's party. And then it flipped to Evan Peters and the other kid in the car. And then the other kid walks away and Evan Peters looks over and says, is this how you remembered it? And the actual guy, Sean was sitting in the car. He's like, well, not exactly how I remembered it, but if this is how he remembered it, then that's fine. Let's go with it. And I liked that little interaction and they never did that in the movie again. Well, they kind of did a little bit with the so the main character being on the, the street. street. Yeah. So you still had the interaction of the real people with with right. the actors, but yes, never to that meta level. I really thought honestly with that one scene where they were driving to the heist and they drove by the main character, I thought they were going to drive by all four. 
of them cool. staged throughout the city. But on it, the way it actually to the makes college. more sense now too. Now knowing how it ends, because right. he's the only one that stayed in Lexington. In Lexington, so yeah. he is the one who would yeah. be standing out on his street corner on the same street corner that they potentially drove down. Yeah. And having that, it was like a representation of his memory of going like, "This is where we drove by." This here. is yeah. This is this is me going by. Yeah. And maybe even having that moment of hesitation, like, should I have no. done that? Like, did I ruin my life? I love that they all questioned so hard about it, but never really came to any conclusion. Yeah, I don't. I really don't think there is at any point any. So basically, just for those who haven't seen it, yeah, first let's take off, a step back. Give them the plot. First Q. off, see this movie. Yes, please. I can't stress that enough. And the next couple minutes, and the and the rest of the conversation about this are going to be very spoiler heavy. But, but the, I don't even think that matters. It doesn't. For this. It really doesn't. But the the concept is um, that four uh, college yeah. age twenty guys to twenty four year olds were um, involved in the the attempted heist of the Autobahn original yeah, Birds of America Birds of America book, like the actual yeah. book that that. What's the guy's name? Oh, I don't remember. But remember. he pan painted yeah. these like next level pictures that the Audubon guides yeah. are we all based off. We have a version of. of the book in our house. It's beautiful. And there is a library at the Lexington. Is it? I think the, it's Transylvania University. That's it, Transylvania University. That they have a book room that is that are rare. It's a rare and antique mm-hmm. book area yeah. inside their library. And it houses some of the most valuable books on yeah. the face of the planet. Well, it won the the first edition, like solo print of that Autobahn painting book is there in all of its volumes. Yep. They had the Darwin uh, Darwin uh, Origin of the Species with species misspelled. Yep. Because it's one of the first runs, and they had like some Bibles. Yeah. A whole bunch of stuff. Was it a Gutenberg Bible or something? I think it, it was. was like one of the original printing press yeah. Bibles, but it. You don't think first off that that piece of information blew my mind right. that just in this college in Kentucky there are literally yeah. a collection of some of the most valuable and rare books and on the face of the planet. When we say valuable and rare, we mean the Audubon book is valued at over 12 million dollars by itself. Right. So when we're talking about a heist, it's not just oh they robbed a, a college library. They were stealing millions, millions of, of dollars. dollars. Worth of artifacts, like worth of rare books, and so so that was fact number one that blew my mind. But the, you want to know the fact that blew my mind? Yeah, that none of them had criminal records. Sure, they were just bored, smart kids that were like, "How could this be done?" And then just got caught up in the. Well, I think let's just the other out. two. The other thing that kind of blew my mind was surprisingly lacks security. Oh yeah. There was one librarian and a like a a gated door. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Like none of the none of the books had alarm systems on them. Like it's literally just one lady guarding books. Yeah. And I think that is what triggered their fascination the most is like how could you how could this be so valuable? And, and not guarded. Right. Like, this doesn't make sense. It's like and the Fort Knox of rare books, and there's just one geriatric librarian that's in charge of all of and it. And so I think their fascination in the way it was presented just kind of came from, we could totally rob this book. Yeah. Like, we could totally take this easily and make millions. Here's the emblematic. There's one scene in the movie that is very emblematic of that argument for me, and it's when Evan Peters' Sean character is trying to get 
the Chaz guy, the really rich guy on board. And they go to him, and they basically go to him because he has money and the ability to help them get on, like, licensed cars. But they go, and he's like, there's no fucking way I'm doing this. And Evan Peters goes, wait, just let me tell you how easy this is going to be. And that's it. Like, that's how he convinced them, is saying, it's worth all these tens of millions of dollars. There's one old lady, and we've already planned this. And it's crazy. Yeah. It is crazy. So, basically, this story launches with these group of people coming together Mm -hmm. to plan and then execute this heist. Of course, things go wrong. And ultimately, what the crazy part and what I loved about the movie is the movie presented it to me in a way that was like, yeah, all of this makes sense. But then when things start to fall apart, I also was like, of course that wouldn't work. Right. Like it was simultaneously I got caught up in the excitement that they were feeling. But then also snapped back to reality when reality hits them. Right. And the way that they're feeling of like, I'm so stupid for even trying this. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, you totally so, are. So it actually somehow managed to take you on that journey like right. with them and put you in that same headspace. Well, like, look how fun and like this is going to be heisty and we're going to watch like fucking reservoir yeah, dogs right. and shit to prepare, you know, they like even name themselves like Mr. Black, Mr. Pink, Mr. Yellow. And so <laughs> it's funny in its simplicity in how they're just like, like you said, they're smart kids. They are smart, but they're not like genius not level infotech. Well, that's the thing. Architects. They're not criminals. Exactly. I really think that is the big difference here is because what, Spoiler alert, I guess. What ruins the plan, the reason that they get caught, is that they have no idea what to do after they get the books. Right. And they can't accurately walk into that world. And so I thought that was super, super interesting. But the the aspect of the movie that I think appealed to me the most was that you can see a heist movie. You can be like, oh, well, this is really cool, like Heat. You can be like, oh, this is so fun, or Ocean's Eleven. We've done a whole episode on heist movies. You can you can know how much we like these. But you can always watch them and be like, oh, well, that wouldn't happen, or oh, this wouldn't happen. I think the conversation that really attached to me to this movie early on is when um, Evan Peters' character and the other main kid are saying, he's like, aren't you curious how this would go in real life? Right. And I was like, who hasn't watched Heat with their friends and been like, we could totally rob a bank? Yeah, like if totally it was like that. that in a small town, like to hell, like hell and high water. Yeah, I could totally rob a bank like that, or or what would happen? And it's not fictionalized because there are real kids saying, "No, we did this. We did this. This is how we approached this, and this is what really happened." Exactly. And that idea to me, mixed with the cinematic elements of it, was really what sort of gave this its own unique, true feel. Because even with the imposter, uh, this other guy's movie, yeah. I thought that the imposter was great and d- did really well, but it was a a crime documentary drama in another way. It was one person doing something and everyone else trying to figure it out. This was watching the criminals plan a heist and go through it, which you don't see that. You just don't see that in cinema with the realistic outcomes of it. I totally, I totally 100% couldn't agree with you more. It made it real. Like yeah. it put it on a level to which you can identify with these real people mm-hmm. and also these actors that are portraying these real people. So you're identifying with everything. You're yeah. sucked in. It created such a good story. And 
it's a really fucking interesting concept. Yeah. Like, I had no idea that this had happened. Which is weird because, like, this in, happened. And in, in, it was like 2012. No. It was like 2004. Oh, was it? Yeah, this was when I was in college. Oh, weird. In Nashville. This was happening in Lexington, Kentucky while I was in college in Nashville. Weird. Like, and it was, it was kind of that connection to be like, oh, well, I this happened when I was around this same age. What would I have done? Like, sure. Where would I have fallen in this? Would I have gotten pulled into the hype? Would I have gotten excited about this? There are definite things where we've sat down like, oh, I'm going to start this like bar and we're going to do all the logistics, but it's never a real thing. Right. It never sure. materializes. It was so fun and interesting to watch them materialize this and plan and execute. Right. And then all the way through, even the main character, what was his name? Um, Barry Keegan is the actor. Uh, no, no. Uh, Warren. Warren. Oh. oh, wait, no, Warren was the crazy guy. Spencer. Spencer is was the, the, the main guy. Um, to, to see Spencer, the real Spencer, talk about it and be like, there's so many times that I probably should have just stopped. It's like, but I don't know. It just, everything just sort of kept going and working and just wanted to be friends. <laughs> just right. wanted to like see what this could be like. And it's such a, a blase way to approach a heist, but it, Sort of made sense at the same time. Absolutely. Like they're not career criminals. They're just sort of figuring this out and getting excited about well, it. Well, that's what... So to lead into and to get off of American Animals for a minute, because if you haven't watched it, go watch it. We want to talk about... Yeah. All this. That is what... Watching this movie is what spawned us going, hey, we need to have a conversation about just true crime yeah. documentaries in general. So jumping off of those, um, as of late in the past five years or so, We've had a huge resurgence Mm -hmm. of the genre of true crime in American pop culture. And not just like movies, but like series, podcasts. um, I mean, podcasts, the true crime section on podcasts is the hottest. And we know because we're not it. (laughs) Yeah, right, 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 right. But it is legitimately the hottest. podcast like genre out right. right now well i mean and think about it you've even if you don't listen to a lot of podcasts except for ours because you're listening right now and we're amazing you know everyone has heard about serial totally you know i have been finding some lately like uh, dirty john or dr death that yep. are amazing s town oh s town that that, that that was serial season two no nope. right? oh it wasn't no nope. it's was totally unrelated different. oh what was serial season two? Though? That was about the the POW. The... Oh, okay, right. But S Town, yep, also a great, great uh, aspect. And not only that is now it's starting as you and I talked about right before we started recording. It's becoming plot points in other movies like this Halloween. For sure, the the reactions for the new Halloween movie just started being released from. And the, by the, the way, the... High Five is so excited to go <laughs> so, see this movie. It's easily one of our top five most anticipated of the year for sure. Um. But they they've even released now that, that in that movie in the new David Gordon Green Halloween remake or sequel or however you want to call it okay a reimagining that the impetus for the story is that a serial esque podcast two of them two podcasters go and interview Michael Myers in the sanitarium what and that is what convinces him to break out and go back to Haddonfield ooh that makes it relevant so even more than just 
you know, it being a horror movie, they're sort sure. of incorporating these, you know, 2018 pop culture things and the, these into fads other into these stories. And I love that. And so we've also got, so podcasts, huge. Movies and documentaries, huge. But Netflix has mm-hmm. been on the um, bleeding edge oh, of yeah. really pushing these true crime documentaries into the, kind of the public consciousness, right. into the zeitgeist. I mean, they had Making a Murderer. Which was huge. That that sort of, in my opinion, launched it. Absolutely. That was what told them, oh, there's a market for this. Right. They had uh, Voyeur. Oh, yeah. That was really, really good. And, uh, but, I mean, even to the mo- the even newer stuff, like Wild Wild Country. Oh, yeah. Um, the Amanda Knox stuff. Yeah, what was the one? Um, was the Amanda Knox stuff the one? Uh, oh, I can't remember her name, but where she was the head of the NAACP, but she was no, quite that girl. was the uh, Rachel Delosel or Rachel whatever. Divided or whatever or, yeah. that was on there. Yeah. I don't know if that's true crime. No, um, but the Amanda Knox is the girl who like lived overseas yeah. and her roommate ended up dead. Right, and she was the prime suspect. Yeah, um, but you've got that, and you've even got uh, the staircase. Mm-hmm. Recently, which is actually a re-release, re-release that of came a out, French documentary, right? That came out in like 2004, and I watched it back when. Um, so I also to get off of Netflix's dick for a second. <laughs> uh, I was one of the people that watched as it aired The Jinx on HBO. That um, one was crazy, and that was actually one of the best true crime viewing experiences that i've ever had because the case was happening as the show was airing well and i think statute of limitations is up on this one uh for spoilers but the way that that one ends was baffling yes so for those who don't know what the jinx is it's about what's the guy's name? Robert Durst. Robert Durst, who is like uh who's played by Casey Affleck in a movie with him and Reese Witherspoon. No. That wasn't about Robert Durst. No, I thought it, that was All about... Good Things was Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling? That was Ryan Gosling? Ryan Gosling. Oh, well then Ryan Gosling plays with uh, Kirsten Durst. Dunst. Man, I'm just all over the place. Jesus. Wow. Get it together, man. What am I thinking of? There's I have a, no idea. You talk about that. Okay. I'm going to look up that Casey Affleck one because so I think I'm right about the, something here. The concept is that, um, and actually the Jinx is was a docuseries done by the guy who directed All the Good Things, or All Good Things, which was a documentary about Robert Durst and basically posited that he was the killer Oh, nice. And then they made the documentary show and found out that that was indeed the case. Okay, here's what I was thinking of. Okay. Casey Affleck, the killer inside me, with him and Kate Hudson and Jessica Alba. And it's about him being a serial killer. Got it. So, similar. Similar, but I was wrong. Yes. But similar. But that movie, or that show, Jinx, played out in a way that I've never, I've never experienced. The only other thing that I would say that's close to that was maybe the the um, serial first season of the podcast oh, uh-huh. with the Adnan Syed case. Yeah. But that, even that, what happened in that case came because of the podcast, right? And was much after the podcast. Sure. Jinx was happening as they like as they were airing episodes. They were finding out new information, things, new yes. new evidence against Robert Dersh, and the show literally ends with him 
incriminating himself during an interview because he doesn't realize that he's still miked in the bathroom. Right. And he literally says to himself out loud, he's like, well, I mean, you're found out. They've got you. I mean, you you killed them, of course. I mean, all of them. <laughs> yeah. And it's, just, it's like, what? This is a documentary. Like, this doesn't happen. These types of things don't happen. And you're like, but also... Why the fuck would you ever say that out loud? Yeah. What are you talking about? We've all seen Naked Gun. We know that you don't talk while mic'd in the bathroom. Ever. Ever. So it blew my mind. And then, I shit you not, that episode aired. And then that following week, there were news articles that the, he had been apprehended because of the yeah. footage that they had recorded. He was evidence. apprehended. So you're like, holy, this is happening in real, yeah. this is real crime in real time, it's, baby. This is the truest of true <laughs> right. crime. Like, I was like, it blew my fucking mind. Well, and that's one of the reasons that I do, there's something about uh, a doc, the documentary setting, the documentary storytelling, that there's an element of realism to it. And I know that's the whole point. Like, that's what a documentary is. But that appeals to me so much. And when we talk about true crime stuff, I think that's why those, you know, murder porn TV shows like, you know, Deadly Affairs, Unsolved Murders or Unsolved Mysteries, all those things exist and are so popular is because that idea of this actually happened is incredibly engaging. But what I really, really love about true crime documentaries is that most of the time there is not a story or a thread that is finished to tell. So things can change throughout. You know, some of my favorite ones are ones where they start in one, you think they're going in one direction, and then they end in a totally different place. Totally. The one that I always go back to is Dear Zachary. Yep. Is you think it's this one type of documentary, and then it ends in a place that no one could have expected, and you wouldn't believe them if someone ruined it for you. Now, of all of these documentaries, Dear Zachary is the one that I refuse to spoil. Yes. I wouldn't. I think, you got to leave it safe. I think, and I'm going to make a case for it to be on a list for us because it's just one of the most powerful things I've ever seen. But it's one I refuse to spoil for people because the experience of watching it is so impactful. If you don't know where things are going, if you don't know what the story it is, makes it, it makes it 10 times better if you don't know the beats that are coming. I totally and so, agree. Of all the ones, I'll spoil almost anything, any one of these documentaries except for that one. That's totally fair. I will say one of one of my, um, I don't want to say favorite, but a little a less known documentary, true crime documentary, was Cropsy, which oh, popped up. The one about the serial killer, um, kind of. Ki- yeah, kind it's of. kind of about the legend of. You know, the old man that lives in the asylum and takes kids at night right. kind of thing. And where that... that um, Now, the people that made that one, that documentary, didn't they also do another documentary that I was... I think it's called Urban Legends. That's it. Where they took five or six urban legends and tried to trace back to the true stories. Yep. That one was real cool, too. But totally. Was, I thought Cropsy was so much better because it was focused around a singular urban legend that has spanned a lot of different stories... And then actually tied it to a social issue, which I thought was neat. Absolutely, like the, the the mental health care and of how the area. basically when this when this insane. I mean, the, ultimately, what you find out is when this insane asylum shut down, they basically just released yeah these patients <clears throat> just with no housing, no nothing. They just turned them out onto the street. And it's not like they treated them well beforehand when no. they were alive. It's almost it's almost the real life version of the American Horror Story Asylum. 
for sure. Series. 100%. Absolutely. So that was a really powerful, impactful one. Um, but uh, The Staircase is another one that I love, just to kind of bring it back to that. When I watched it originally, um, I watched it on YouTube um, because after I finished um, Making a Murderer, which was amazing, and I really feel like kind of was the tip of the iceberg mm. as far as when true crime yeah. really started to kind of well and that's even another one uh, have it, a resurgence it took off there but that's even another one that changed the outcome of real life events because the cousin has been released oh brendan dassey yeah brendan dassey from that show has been acquitted released he? He, he i thought he was getting a retrial but i thought he was reconvicted Oh, maybe I misread it, and and I'm sure someone can can correct me on Twitter. But I I thought that that he actually the verdict got changed on him. Maybe maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was wrong. I don't know. No, but that's fine. But <clears throat> yeah, I I think that you know it, they really did hit the resurgence there. I think the jinx coming around that same time helped. Um, I just think all of these these things sort of coalesced around the same time. But even before that, you had ones that I would consider you know quote-unquote true crime but like on a wire about the the french yeah. acrobat who strung a wire between the two uh uh the the twin towers and then stayed up there and wire walked across them you know they made the joseph gordon levitt movie about him but in my opinion the documentary is so much better absolutely and it definitely definitely is about a crime that happened yeah um and that one was real fun no those are definitely you know you think you think out of the box. It's easy to go to like murders mm. and like heinous, yeah. you know, crimes that have been committed. But there's also crimes that you don't think about like that, or even American Animals, kind yeah. of a, the heist, heisty yeah. aspect where none of these people are still in prison. No, no, you know what I mean. They're like, all being interviewed. Like you know, oh well, that character's not going to die because they've been interviewing him this whole time, right? And that actually adds a really interesting aspect too. That's something that we didn't really touch on, which is somehow the story is still engaging mm-hmm. despite knowing its outcome. Right. You know what I mean? Like clearly none of these men are still in jail. This right. one's being interviewed in, in plain clothes in a, what looks like an art studio. This right. one's being clearly interviewed inside his house. You know what I yeah. mean? So you know that these guys aren't going to prison for long. Right. But it also kind of adds that air of mystery of, yeah, because I didn't know the case at all. I'm like, did they get away with it? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Or did they, did they not get convicted because right. of something? Like, like, are they going to turn does around this play and out? give the books back? I will they- say there was one scene in uh, American Animals, which is a perfect example of this, um, where their first attempt, mm-hmm. they end up not doing. They it. bail and on they, it. They bail, and I was like, oh, did they not? Yeah, at, like was this whole movie them leading up to it, and then, not and then doing they it. bailed at the last minute, and it was just like, holy shit, this is like. Well, and then you know, um, uh, that one character, uh, not Warren, the other one, Spencer, like backs out. He's yeah, like, I'm not he's gonna like, do I'm this. done. I'm out. Yeah, and so I was like, oh, okay, I, I, I guess this is gonna be how everything falls apart after this for them. The one thing that I was never curious of, and the kind of I was thinking was gonna be a big twist mm-hmm. to use that term lightly in the movie was um, Warren's character. It wasn't immediately obvious to me that he was being interviewed in an art studio. I was like, he could be inter- being interviewed in a prison. So you were like, maybe he took the fall. 
I was thinking maybe he accidentally killed that librarian. Oh, I will. I will <clears throat> agree with that. That scene um, where they were tying oh. up Aunt Lydia uh, again, another movie like Hereditary with Aunt Lydia in it, where she's does very, yeah. very great. But when they were tying her up and she's like, I can't breathe, you know, please don't, I can't be on the ground like this. Don't tie my hands behind my back. And they like shocked her with the thing. And she pees her pants. Yeah. And I was like, she that might, was so brutal. I was like, she might die. Like they might accidentally give her and then a heart they, attack. Then she gets interviewed too for the documentary. Yeah, like but at the, the very end. Right. And the very beginning. And I didn't know it was right, her at exactly. that time. But I was like, oh my God, is she, that's what I thought was going to happen is that they weren't going to get away with it. She was going to die and Warren was going to take the fall. Right. Because he's the one that ended up doing it. Right. Thank and God And they didn't had happen. that whole big moment where they're planning the heist. And everybody's like, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not going to yeah. attack this lady. And he, so it ultimately comes down to him. And he's like, fine, I guess I'll be the one yeah. to do it. The worst thing, oh, I would have punched him in the face so fast is when the guy was like, call me up when it's done. I will not be a part of this. Oh. And then he calls him up. He's like, you can come up now. And he comes up and she's just sitting there at the desk. I was like, you motherfucker. And then he was about to leave. He's like, oh, no, there's my friend. Can you let him in? Yeah. So while you're distracted with him, I can tase you. It's like, dude, I'd have been so fucking pissed. Yeah. And honestly, to be fair, that's kind of where it all starts going off the rails. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because of that decision. Yeah. It changed the entire plan. Well, because they thought they were going to zap her once. She was going to pass out like in the movies. But no, she just like, started crying. And that to me, that was, your your word was perfect. This is the most brutal scene in the whole movie. And honestly, I'm glad, one, for a lot of reasons that that didn't happen, like that her, her character didn't die. For sure. Mainly because it would have been true and that had been horrible. But also, I think it may have dowered the tone of the whole thing for me. The whole movie was fun. Sure. To a Which degree. is a weird... It's, it's a weird yeah. thing to like say about a true crime documentary. But it like, has well, that, that was like, fun. heist element fun of like an Ocean's Eleven type movie. And then it also has the trueness, which adds the layer of darkness to it. But the characters are fun. So like the going back to the scene when they're giving each other nicknames is like, well, I, <laughs> I and this was I laughed out loud at this part. Um, but it's when Warren, the real Warren, was being interviewed. He's like, "Yeah, I know. I named uh, I named Spencer Mr. Green because he likes to smoke a lot of green. I named him Mr. Black because his soul is black. I named me Mr. Yellow because I'm my mom's sunshine. And I named uh, Chaz Mr. Pink. Yeah, just to fuck with him. And I was like, that's really hilarious. Funny. That's really funny. And it's like again, it was them. They were having so much fun doing the planning, right? And I know I don't. I know we don't want to talk the whole time about the movie, but I want, I want, because you brought this up. How good were the four cast members representing the four real oh, people? Oh, absolutely. That, All of them were amazing. That added the element of, well, this is real because Evan Peters feels like that Warren guy. Yep. They all really embodied who they were portraying. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, it was kind of one of those situations where I was like, okay, well, they don't necessarily like really look like the people, no. but they have the soul of yeah. those people. You know what I'm saying? Like their characters embodied yeah. those people. I would say ironically, the four real life people all were more attractive than the that's actors. what I'm saying. Like, like not, not just a couple of them. All, all of them. them were more attractive than the actors from Hollywood. And normally it's the other way. Normally oh. they're like, Oh, let's get like Brad Pitt is going to play, you know, fucking yeah. 
John Wayne Gacy. Bernie Madoff. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? They got Robert De Niro to play Bernie Madoff. Sexy Madoff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's kind of one of those things that, yeah, it, it, it totally did. And that's why I said that it didn't pull me out of the movie. Because in my head, I was also like, well, those must be actors, too. Yeah. You know? Well, and then, again, I, I, one of the themes about that movie, and this is one of the themes that I think is... Uh, present in a lot of true crime is what's the angle, what's the story, and whose perception is this? Sure. Because especially at the end when they were interviewing Spencer and he's like, listen, a lot of what I remember from that time were things that they were Warren's point of view. It's like, I don't really remember if there was an actual guy he talked to when we went to New York City. Um, and earlier in the movie, he's like, he's wearing a blue scarf. Maybe it was purple, and the colors like changing right. on the screen. And then the person changed. And then yeah, too? he's like, "Oh no, it was a guy, like an older guy in a business suit, not a hippie with a scarf." And then at the end, he's like, "You know, I don't even know if he talked to a guy, or if he just told me he talked to a guy. I don't really remember. I remember him talking to a and guy." And the whole scene of Warren, and he was like, "I don't even know that he went to Amsterdam." To Amsterdam. And it just shows him like walking into the airport and then walking back out yeah. of the airport. And then it went to Warren, and he's like, "Oh." I guess I'll just have to take my word for it. I'm like, but did you go to Amsterdam? That's like a huge part of this is you saying you had a buyer that was going to get this, like you were going to sell this to somebody. Did you just make that up and read online that you had to have authentication to be able to sell it on the black market? Like what is real? Well, that's, that was one of the things too, in the movie when they went to the auction house in New York, I was like, well, You've just screwed yourself. Yes, because there's no way that these books aren't going to be listed as... And I know they were like, it takes so and so long to reach the register. And I'm like, no way, man. Like, these are immediately going to be flagged. They're some of the rarest books on the planet. Well, not even immediately flagged, but... I mean, they might have been immediately flagged, but even more than that, those books would have been tagged as being represented at the Transylvania rare books room. Like, they would have known where... Those four books came from. Exactly. Exactly. And you, you're going to see experts on books yeah. to authenticate them. They know where the first copy of, you know, Darwin's. Yeah. The Darwin species miss like misspelling. They know where that is. Yeah. Oh, and, and you've got the Gutenberg thing and you've got part of the Audubon thing. All of those were from this one thing that there's a new story about being robbed yesterday. Right. You're getting arrested. And then you gave them your cell phone number. Like your actual cell phone number. That was an awesome scene. Man, when he pulls out the gun and he's like, get the fuck in there right now and you go. You know what it reminded me? And then me? he's like crying because yeah. he's like, you fucking fucked me. You ruined my life. You fucked you all know? of us. Yeah. Right. Like this is our lives. That scene reminded me of, um, I've talked about this movie before, but you know the movie Before the Devil Knows You're Dead? Yeah. Fine movie, but that one scene from Philip Seymour Hoffman when he's like losing it, like, oh, great movie. You're now a great actor. For sure. That Chaz guy beforehand, I was like, oh, you're kind of the weakest link in this quadruplet. That was his scene, man. He owned that scene. Yep. And And he not only owned it, he made the whole movie better with that one scene and he made his character better and relatable because and before that he was a douche. For sure. He, he, he was that, a he typical was kind of a like douche. jock douche. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like rich, rich jock, rich douche. jock douche. But the fact they, they introduce him by showing him on a rowing machine. I mean, come exactly. On, like, exactly. What are you, Jack Ryan? Come on. And his character, the real life him is just in a gym. Yeah. Like being interviewed the whole time, <laughs> which I also thought was pretty funny. Although 
I don't know. Let me ask you this. This is a real reaction I had to the movie. The way that they showed him. So everybody else, you know, they showed like sitting up on a stool and kind of propping up. But the way that he was sitting down so low, I was like, did you think he's going to be in a wheelchair? I thought he was going to be in a wheelchair. I was like, did you get paralyzed in this somehow? I don't know. But that, uh, did, I think that's just our movie brains being okay. like, there has the to be a reason. Thing? Yes. Okay. I did. Because so like, I thought it was shot differently enough from the rest of them to go, there's a re- like they're yeah, hiding something. They're, they're hiding something. And then he stood up and I was like, oh, I guess they're just I guess shot that's just the way they filmed yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad I wasn't crazy. That was our, I, no, that was totally our movie brains looking I for totally plot points thought, that weren't there. I totally was expecting him to get in a car wreck and then like right. be paralyzed. Or, or like he something. accidentally shoots the gun right. and it like ricochets and Ugh. and paralyzes him but i love the the inclusion of all the parents for the most part yeah and the like, real parents yeah and they're like talking about how you know the one family is just the the dad is just weeping yeah while he's t- he's petting that little yeah. dog but then in my head i'm thinking yeah like these these kids your kids while this all seems fun the reality is that's really bad what and they, they did. Like, and they all went to jail for like seven, more than seven years. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing is like it's easy to get lost up in the documentary going, well, that's fun and they're all really likable and they're all really, you know. But then at the end of it, you're like, you fucking tased a lady. Like, yeah. you you did bad shit. Like, you cannot you hurt people. Right. You can't do that. And so then it is that weird juxtaposition. It's a very like Dex- Dexter, like the TV mm. show feeling of like, I like you, but you did bad shit. Like, you know what I mean? Should I be like, on your side? Right. Like I've, uh, the way this is constructed is kind of forcing me to be on your side. But should I be on your but, side? But like you're bad. Yeah. You did bad things. You cannot rob uh, this shit. You yeah. cannot try and steal $12 million. Somebody did get hurt in the process. Like. Yeah. Not okay. Like, you're a bad person. Yeah. Bad person. Good movie. Totally. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's – and that's just kind of where I fall on a lot of these documentaries yeah. is, like you said, the perspective shifts sometimes lead you in one direction. Yeah. You think they're going to go – I will say that was a really good uh, a good example of that is Voyeur. Yeah. Okay. Uh, did I you still, watch that? I still haven't seen that. Okay. So that one basically takes a perspective shift. Do you mind if I spoil a little no, bit No, please go. Okay. So that one takes a really jarring perspective shift in that basically you're following, for those who don't know what Voyeur is about, it's on Netflix, um, but it's about a gentleman who owns a motel sure. or owned a motel that he basically had set up this hotel to spy on the tenants. As he claims. As he claims. Yeah. Um, he supposedly had holes in ceilings and vents and whole passageways that he built all through it so that he could like sneak up and just stay up there for like hours at a time, just watching his tenants because he liked watching people was his thing. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily a pervy thing to get off, although that was included, Yeah, but it was more of just a, he considered himself a social scientist and he liked to watch people without being known sure he liked to study people and he kept just hundreds of detailed journals of his accountings does it jump between his perspective and the journalist though yes okay so then it also involves the journalist who he basically this guy who owns the hotel had been writing to this very famous journalist for years trying to get him to tell his story and the journalist kind of like played it off as like whatever whatever and then finally 
the journalist decided to to look into it and he started looking into it and it seemed more and more credible that this dude was actually running this hotel right. or this motel where he was spying on people. But then, so he was, the journalist was ready to make a book out of it. He had right. a book deal and, and all these things and his publishers kept coming to him and being like, do you have anything to like substantiate this guy's claims? Like in one of the, in one of the journal entries he wrote that he basically witnessed this drug dealer oh, kill right. his I girlfriend. T- I remember you telling me about that. But they pulled the records from the time, and there were no reported deaths like in that right. area. So there were things that just didn't match up. And then slowly, the more they started to dig into it, it was like the ownership of the motel. You said that he said he owned it for so for long, like from but... this period to this period. But he actually owned it like four years after he said he did, right? And then sold it. <sighs> like it was very odd, right? But there were really were passages, yeah. to be able to go look. So some of it was real. And some of it was fabricated. But then the perspective shifts from basically voyeur means more than just this guy watching people. It also is kind of about the journalist becoming obsessed with this guy's story. Oh, oh, interesting. And then basically taking a giant fucking public shit. Because people just poke holes all through his fucking story. Right. And it basically kind of like ended this journalist's career. Which, I mean, valid. If and that's so it's happening. a really fucking interesting perspective how yeah. all that is is brought about. Well, and I think that's an important point to make, especially when we're talking about true crime documentaries. Because no matter what documentary is put, no matter what story is told, and that's what all documentaries are, they're just stories, is... It's going to be from someone's perspective. You know, making a murderer was very much on the side of people being wrongly convicted. But that story could have also been told in a way where it made it so obvious that Brendan Dassey was guilty. Right. And so that having that perspective is an interesting thing. And that's one of the things I liked about American Animals is that it played with that and it questioned that. And it said, oh, was this my perspective? Was it his? Are there these memories that I have because they told me I have them? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that's a really interesting thing that good true crime documentaries can do, especially, you know, some of the ones I've mentioned, like On a Wire, Dear Zachary, they tell those stories from people who weren't expecting to tell those stories. Totally. So that makes it more honest, in my opinion. 100%. Absolutely. I absolutely agree with you. I also think that it has spawned a really interesting genre, too, which is kind of the spoof mockumentary, which we talked about. Like American Vandal? Exactly. Like, Netflix has cashed in on their popularity of... that one was so smart. Uh, Speaking of true crimes, it's about that time. For Maddie time. It's a Maddie moment. Maddie moment. So, Maddie. Maddie. Maddie, 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 Maddie. Maddie, 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 Maddie. You know, if there's one thing that Maddie knows. It's real. It's real. It's reality. It's time to get real. And that's what true crime's all about. It is. It's all about real shit happening to real people in real places. And you know know what? Uh, In the clips that I've watched of Party Down South, um, and you know what? Maybe the rest of the show is like this and I just didn't catch it, but they don't talk a lot about true crime documentaries on that show. They do not, but. And I think that's a crime. Yeah, well, it's what a, is also a crime, crime is probably some of their drunken shenanigans oh, that they have partaken with. Most likely. I'm pretty sure 
pretty sure they might have been kicked out of a state. I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure that there's some editing around the more true crime elements of sure. what's happening on those real shows. Um, but yeah, I think it's a crime that they're not talking about some of these true crime documentaries. And on so shows. we've decided to dedicate this list to our favorite real person, Maddie Bro. Yeah. So Maddie, we think uh, based on your tenure on real television with real life, that if these are if some of these movies you haven't seen, these are specific recommendations to not only our listeners, but Maddie, this one's for you. This is for you. Let's so, let's list. Ooh, so we got to give Maddie a good list. We we do. I honestly, I think there's so many that are that are good that we can talk about. Now, let me ask this. When we're talking true crime documentaries, most of this episode has been, you know, dedicated to American animals. Are we including that in our list like choices? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. American Animals is on that best of true crime documentary. I think I think if if we're including it in the thought of oh well this is you know these types of movies count then I would sure. say that it has to. Um, if we're saying you know also, oh we want to focus it more on like the documentary ones then maybe. sure. Um, I would say it's just true crime documentaries. That is still a documentary. Okay. But I would say we also because we've we've it's such a broad subject and a lot of them don't get theatrical releases. I feel like we need to take into account true crime series documentaries as I'm well. I'm fine with that cuz they're telling a singular story. I, you know, I wouldn't want to show that it's like a case of the week type show, Sure. but something like Making a Murderer I think could be in, Absolutely. in contention. The Jinx or The Staircase I, I think could I'm going to make an argument that I think The Jinx needs to be on it. And I will give a couple reasons for the crime. Criteria. One, okay. because it is a case that has spawned multiple movies, and the the idea that this case was basically solved by this documentary makes it stand alone amongst yeah. the other documentaries. It's almost like, like that story that's out nowadays. Have you have you heard much about that Michelle McNamara book, I'll Be Gone in the Dark? Oh, that was uh, Patton Oswalt's wife? Yes, the the book that she finished before she died. About the Golden State Killer? Yeah. Have you heard those? I haven't. Okay. So she was a true crime novelist, and that's what she did. She died before that case was solved. Mm -hmm. And so the last, like, two chapters of her book were saying, this is how I think he'll be caught. And then she died. And then, like, two months after the release of her book, they caught him in almost the exact way that she predicted in the book. Really? Like, he'll be this this age group of person. He'll be this gender. He won't put up a fight. You'll probably catch him in his house. And that's exactly what happened. Fucking crazy. And it's crazy. And I, so, the jinx, that's my long way of saying I'm fine with the jinx being on sure. there. I would say that it should be, like, the jinx or making a murderer or staircase. I feel like the but jinx I, for me, just for pure viewing experience mm -hmm. and the the twists that that story turn or right. takes, and also its relevance right. of when it was happening. I think all of those things qualify it as just a masterpiece. It's I agree. Perfect. Speaking of masterpieces, I'd like to present one. I'll okay. make a I'll make a hard argument, but I I mentioned it earlier. Dear Zachary is one of my favorites. No, I I, I think agree. it's the most impactful one I've ever seen personally. No, I totally agree. And so that one I sh I think should be on there. I love it. I support it. Now there are a couple that we haven't uh, 
actually even talked about so far on the list, but like the Central Park Five, mm-hmm. that was a huge case. The there's one about the West Memphis Trio. I think the movie's called West of Memphis. Yep, uh, and that one's really really good. Yep. and those are more social issues uh, as opposed to like true crime crime. Sure, but more like systemic social issues and an exploration of those. So I don't know where you, I don't know if those fall outside the purview of no. these criteria. No, I think they do. I'm just trying to narrow it down to. I mean, we've only got five spots. You know, I know. What we've I mean? already get, we're already using three. Exactly. So we've got two more to really hand out. I mean, um, we've talked Cropsy. Um, we didn't talk the Iceman takes, but have you ever seen that? I have. That's an interesting one. It is really. I think the I think the the Iceman tapes documentary is better than the Michael Shannon the Iceman Iceman movie. movie. Yeah. And it's just interesting to hear sort of a mafia hitman talk about like about his, his stuff. stuff. So that one I think could be in the running. Um, let's see, on a wire I think, or on the wire, something like that. I think that's good. I don't know that I would put that in the top. top like, nah. What about something like the Cove? We didn't talk about the Cove, but that was about them breaking into, you know, that Cove in Japan and getting actual evidence of you know animal cruelty. Against dolphins. Um, so that's could, a crime. I could totally be good with that one. I could also be good with Blackfish. Oh, about the mistreatment of the, the orcas? From, yeah, because that is kind of also a crime. It's animal cruelty, once again. That yeah. one seemed to make more of a cultural impact when that happened. People, like, straight up boycotted SeaWorld. Oh, that's true. Um, I could be... If if we feel like that's in the true crime genre, I could be I feel okay. like if we're going to add one that is... And I think, I think it is true crime in the relation that it is... Um, dealing with kind of systemic issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, if we're going to judge them, I'd say we'd have to judge them off cultural impact. Mm. And I feel like, I feel like blackfish made a gigantic cultural impact. I would, And on the actual flip side of that, not so much flip side, but that being animal cruelty, another huge one would be thin blue line mm. about police brutality and race yep yep. i think if we're talking cultural impact that one might have to be that one might have to be on there yep i'm not i'm not against that i would say man because we've only got two spots left i know so if if we're adding blackfish that narrows it down to we have one spot left then i do thin blue line okay i think that's good so here's what we've got um to to rank to order yep we've got american animals we've got the jinx We've got Dear Zachary, we've got Blackfish, we've got Thin Blue Line. Mm. Now, we've also, you know, that doesn't means we're cutting out Cropsy, means we're cutting out, you know, Making a Murderer, um, American Vandal. That's not true, but that's just fun. Um, I mean, I'm happy with the list. Uh, are, do we want to discuss order? Fuck. I don't know. I would say our social issues probably need to be at the bottom, to be honest, because they're the ones that are kind of stretching the true yeah. crime genre a little bit. I would say so I would, I would say, say Blackfish, Blackfish five, Thin, Blue, Thin line. Blue Line. Then I'd honestly at the t- I would say probably the Jinx. Then I would say uh American s- Animals and then My only my only thought with that is that I kind of want to put American Animals below Dear Zachary because Dear Zachary's 100% documentary. Well, that's what I was saying. I oh. said American Animals and then Dear Zachary is number one. Oh, okay. Right. So I was doing the Jinx, American Animals. Oh, I thought you were saying Jinx was number one, American no, Animals number two. No, 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 no. I would say Blackfish. Device lost its connection. Shut up. 
Shut up, Alexa. Why why are you joining you in the conversation? You are not part of this, Alexa. Shut. Uh, uh I would say that uh it would be Blackfish, Thin Blue Line, Jinx, American Animals, Deer Zachary, and then Deer Zachary. I am 100% on board with that list cuz that is how I would rank them. You know, I am huge right now on American Animals mainly cuz I watched it sure. like a day or two ago, but I think in five years, I will still have a place that Dear Zachary impacted me more. Sure. And I, I I regret not being able emotionally to talk about the spoiler in that, but I, I can't stress enough, everybody, everybody, please go watch that movie. Yeah. It is beyond belief sure. what happens in that. It absolutely is. I think I've cried more in that movie than almost any film I've ever watched. That is also probably yeah. true. Even American Animals, just pure joy of them stealing those books. And on that note, Maddie, you're welcome. Yeah, listen, watch go watch all movies. these. We're gonna quiz them. We're gonna quiz you on them if you ever quiz. decide to come on our There'll show. You'll be a quiz next week. Yep. Yeah. See you then. Bye, everybody. We have reached the end of another High Five, the podcast episode. It's time to lock up the writer's room and rest comfortably, knowing we knocked out another great list of things you should be watching. If the guys didn't mention your favorites this week in their lists, you can harass them by emailing them at myfive at highfivethepodcast.com. That's M-Y-F-I-V-E at H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E T-H-E P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. <sighs> Got that? Or connecting with them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash high five the podcast. On Twitter at high the number five the podcast. Instagram at high five the podcast. Or on Letterboxd by searching high five colon the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever else you listen to podcasts and drop the show a five-star rating to show us some love. What's the worst that could happen? (laughs) Moving the headstones but not moving the bodies? (laughs) Maybe. See you next week. And that's a wrap, everybody. Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happens in the next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.